That's more than just a song. That's a truth. Hadn't been for a place called Mount Calvary. We'd be all of us up a creek. Because we would not be able to save ourselves. We would not be able to be good enough or give enough or do enough works. The work was done on that hill. Pause for the cause, if you will. Easter, Resurrection Sunday. It's what puts Christianity totally separate from all other religions. You've heard it said many, many times before that conservatively there are over 2,000 religions in the world. And all of them are based on philosophical prepositions except four. Only four of them are based on a person or personality. Of those four, only one has an empty tomb. Only one has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Let's just pause for just a moment. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper in a moment. In, Luke, and in Luke's account of it, he talks about, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Listen, Calvary was not an afterthought. Because of before the foundations of the world, he was the lamb slain. Man was not created to fail, but God in his infinite knowledge knew that man would fail. And he had a plan in place before man ever messed up to redeem man back to relationship with him. We are God's handiwork. We are created in his image. He spoke everything else into existence, but he fashioned us with his hands and he breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. And then he comes along and he eradicates death by way of the cross. You've heard it said before, and it's not original to me, be born twice, you die once. <laughs> you die born once, you die twice. You see, if we're born again, we can't enter our mother's womb, as Nicodemus said, and be born again fleshly, but we must be born again of spirit. We must be born again by the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. This is a simple plan of God. It's so simple, man has been trying to make it complicated forever. But God so loved his, this world that he gave his only begotten son. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Matthew chapter 26? I got a bad hum over here somewhere. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. Thank you. Verse 17. I hear the pages. I'm going to wait. 
I love hearing the sound pages of the Bible turn. Y'all can have them phones all you want them, but I love hearing them pages turn. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that thou us prepare thee for thee to eat the Passover? Now the Passover is a feast that they were, that, in case you don't know, that they celebrated the deliverance of Israel from slavery. So where do you want us to prepare for the Passover meal? And he said, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with mine disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and he said, He that dippeth his hand with me into the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered, and he said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave to the disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. He was saying there, actually, I'm going to die for you. And he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Luke's account says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And I want us to just rehearse in our mind for just a few moments that night as they sat eating and talking it's, it was a Thursday night probably not too much unlike this Thursday night and how things were about to consummate and come to a conclusion see they get up from the Lord's Supper and head to Gethsemane Jesus had told his disciples on the way to pray, lest they entered into temptation. You remember that and how he left them and went just a little bit farther and he began to pray. And Scripture says that his blood became, I mean, his sweat became as blood falling to the ground and he was in agony. An angel came and ministered to him. He admonished his disciples who he found sleeping again to enter into prayer, to pray that they enter not into temptation and he went back and prayed some more. And then the angel ministered to him and strengthened him. And that line that we've all grown to love, most of us need to learn to say it more often pertaining to ourselves. was this, not my will, but thine be done. You see, oftentimes as we think of Jesus and we know him to be God in the flesh and God's son if we're not careful we will overlook the humanness of him we will think that the cross 
because he was God in the flesh was easy for him to do, but it wasn't. He didn't want to go to the cross. He looked down through the corridors of time. He knew what was going to happen that evening and the next day. He knew the shame and the pain, and he knew what he was about to experience. That's why he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If it can happen any other way, I don't want to do this. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. About that time, he hears a commotion and a crowd coming. Judas, one of the 12 who had betrayed him and sold him for 30 pieces of silver, he's, he's leading them. He comes near Jesus and he betrays him with a kiss. I love one account where when Jesus just spoke, the soldiers fell back. You see, he could have spoken the word and not gone to that cross, but he remained faithful and obedient to the mission for which he'd come. It's believed that one of the disciples, possibly, possibly Peter, drew a sword, cut off the ear of one of the centurions, and Jesus healed his ear. Told him to put up his sword. Jesus was arrested. Take him into town and what he had prophesied to Peter earlier that night at supper. Told Peter that you're going to fail me three times. You're going to deny me three times tonight before the rooster crows. And you remember the arrogance of Peter where he says everybody else may fail you, but I won't. Yet, Three times he denied. Jesus was blindfolded. They punched him. Spit on him. Punched him some more and would say, prophesy unto us who it was that hit you. See, they had blindfolded him and he couldn't see. So they wanted him to prophesy. Tell them which one it was that hit him and was spit, spittle hanging off of him and a crown made out of thorns that they placed on his head and took a reed and drove it into his scalp. And the blood rolling down. And the pain that was there and the humiliation and the sign that was made that Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, and they mock him. Wasn't easy for him. And his disciples in the middle of all of that they scattered like a covey of quail. Distanced themselves from him. The next morning, we call it Good Friday. The kangaroo court is in action and Pilate and Herod are sending him back and forth, back and forth. Don't know what to do with him. The crowd is livid, worked into a frenzy. They said, look, customarily we release a prisoner this, at this time of the year. says, here's Barabbas, noted villain, noted criminal. Would you like us to release Barabbas or Jesus? And they said, give us Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. Crucify him. 
Then they took him and tied him to the whipping post. And they flogged him. They didn't just spank him. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails. Similar to this. I hope I don't pull them horns off the wall. It had stones and rocks and bones and things in the end of it. And when they would strike him, it would lay that back open. The meat would fall open and the blood would run out. Yet by those stripes, we're healed. We're made well and we're made whole. Because of what the joy that lay before him, he endured what he was going through. Up Galgotha's hill, he laid his life down. They didn't take it. He laid himself on that cross. He said, I have the power to lay my life down and I have the power to take it up again. No man takes his life, but he gave it because he loved us. They raise that cross, drop it in the ground. I can't pronounce the medical term, but how he died, but it was not a peaceful death. About that ninth hour, he said, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. Joseph, a rich man of Arimathea, he goes and begs for the body of him, and they grant that wish. And he takes him to a, a new tomb that he had had freshly hewn out of the stone. And there Jesus is buried. But I got news for you. Like I tell you every Thursday night, that ain't the end of the story. He don't stay dead, and we're going to talk about that Sunday morning. But as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper, if you'd go ahead and open up the, your cup there. Do it in remembrance of me. I just hold up just a second. You see, we remembered a little bit of what he went through that night. But if we're not careful to receive the sacraments, it can become just a religious exercise that we do if we don't stop and think about what we're doing. You see, to receive the Lord's Supper is not only a time of remembering what he's done, but it's a time of anticipation and expectation to where one day each of us that know Jesus as our personal Savior 
like he said, I won't eat of this cup again until I do it in heaven with you. One day, I want you to try as best you can to visualize this. Those nail-pierced hands will serve you the cup. You'll look into that face that more than likely is scarred from where they ripped his beard from his face. You'll see the scars. You'll be like Doubting Thomas. You'll get to see it. So it's a time of anticipation and looking forward to the day where the Lord himself will serve us. It's a time of praise because of the victory over death, hell, and the grave. We all know this, but I'm putting us in remembrance of why we do what we do. It's a time of self-examination. Remember when Jesus said, one of you will betray me tonight. They all begin to say, Lord, is it I? Tonight we need to ask ourselves that question. Am, am I one that will fail him? Am I one that will deny him? Am I one that will forsake him or betray him or sell out for something else? Am I one? See, Peter failed, but he repented. Judas betrayed, but he didn't repent. I'm not trying to heap judgment upon you tonight, but I'm asking you to judge yourself, to examine yourself. The Word of God says for every man to examine himself and to see if he be of the faith. If you're in right relationship with God, it's time for you to evaluate where you are with him personally. Then it's a time of repentance. Don't eat and drink unrepentantly. Everyone's welcome to participate. But I want to encourage everyone that does to have clean hands and a pure heart. It's a time to repent. It's a time to talk to God and to make things right with Him. And it's also a time of commitment. It's a time to reflect about what Scripture saying to Him that endureth till the end. They'll inherit the kingdom. This is not a sprint, this is a marathon. And along the way, we're going to encounter some obstacles. We're going to encounter some trials and some tribulations. But His grace is sufficient to not only bring us through them, but to take us over them. And to give us a testimony of praise. Bible talks about in the end time, which I believe we're in the end time. I'm not a hellfire and brimstone preacher, but I believe we're in the latter days. Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Can you be shaken? Can your faith be shaken that you'll walk away? Or will you draw nigh unto the Lord? Will you trust in Him with all of your heart and lean upon Him? I'm going to ask you if you would to bow your head for just a moment. And before we eat and drink, I'm going to ask the question. If you're in this house tonight and you're not in a relationship with with the Lord Jesus Christ but you need to be and you want to be right now could I see your hand I want to pray for you in just a moment anyone anywhere you say yes sir thank you young man anyone else you say I'm not right with the Lord and tonight I want to make things right I, I want to thank him for his work yes sir thank you anyone else very quickly
Maybe you're a child of God, but you've become a prodigal son or daughter. You're off living a lifestyle that you know is not right. And you need to make some things right. Could I see your hand? Anyone, yes. Thank you. Anyone else? Very quickly. Thank you, sir. See, the Word of God says, Beloved, talking to his kids, I would that you sin not, but if you do, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, our Lord. The issue is not how great your sins are. The issue is how great our Savior is. Where iniquity abounds, the grace of God doth much more abound. Look up here at me for just a moment, please. had four hands raised in this place to give their life to Jesus tonight. I applaud you for your honesty and for your bravery. And I want you to understand something, the simplicity of God's word. It says, whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm going to tell you how that is. The word of God says this, that if we believe that Jesus was God's son, came to this earth, was tempted and tried in every way that you and I are, yet he is without sin. Stayed faithful to the mission of shedding his blood on that cross and dying in our place to pay a debt that we couldn't pay, to give us a gift that we couldn't buy. It's called the gift of life. And they bury him. Three days later, he walks out of that grave on Easter Sunday morning, alive and well and desirous to cleanse your sins and to adopt you into the family and to be your Savior and Lord. So with that knowledge, would you bow your head and the cool thing is God knows your heart. Words are important, but he knows your heart. My prayers can't save you. You must ask. You must believe so that you can receive. So let's pray. Say, dear Lord Jesus, as I reflect on your word, I do believe you're God's son that died in my place. But you didn't stay dead. You walked out of the grave, alive and well, and so you are today. I ask you now to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my life and to be my savior be my Lord for those of you prodigal sons and daughters won't you just ask God to heal you and restore you and forgive you he'll do that right now amen and amen the Lord Jesus he took the bread he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. Then he took the cup. Oh, the cup.
He gave thanks. And he gave it to them. And notice the words. He said, drink ye all of it. All of the forgiveness and all of the healing and all of the benefits that come from it. All of the peace of God that surpasses understanding. All of the direction and all of the strength and all of the forgiveness and all of the restoration and all of the purposes and all of the provisions and all of the comfort and all of the restoration. Drink all of it. for just a moment just close your eyes and you tell Jesus personally thank you for dying for you Lord we thank you for your faithfulness we thank you Lord that you forsook all to die for all so that all could be saved through one Lord, never let us ever again fail to remember the price you paid. Lord, stir us and quicken us. Resensitize our spirits. Baptize us afresh and anew with your spirit. Lord, help us to return to our first love and to once again, Lord, to be passionate about serving you. Forgive us, Lord, of our complacency and forgive us of our slothfulness and in our areas we've been remiss. But, Lord, tonight we just ask you once again to use us. We'll be sure to say thank you and to give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen.